1: is something that happens in life, it happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello everyone, I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs and welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week with you as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. We delve into all kinds of topics like confidence, focus, attitude, mental preparation, relationship between coaches and athletes. You know, one of the things that I, in 37 years of practice, have spent a lot of time talking with clients about is their mindset, and we talk about how they deal with pressure, how they deal with stress, how they deal with relationships in our sessions. I've been on the radio in Kansas City for 27 years. Our show is now syndicated, which I'm very happy to be talking to people around the country about these topics now. And one of the things I've noticed throughout my career working with athletes at all levels, from the Olympic team, professional teams, collegiate teams, all the way down to youth sports, is the emotional side of coaches, athletes, parents, of people. How they handle themselves, how they deal with pressure and stressful situations, If you've listened to our show and you listen to our podcasts, you'll know that one of my passions is youth sports and the issues that go on today in youth sports, which I think are many specifically about sportsmanship, about the coach athlete relationship, parent athlete relationship, and this whole issue of having to win, having to be the best, having to be number one. I've seen for years, athletes come into my office at all levels from professional football and baseball and soccer players, all the way down to little kids. He'll come in and talk about how stressed they are, about the things that are said to them, about how they're talked to, how they're berated, how they're yelled at. I've worked with athletes who've had concussions who've been injured seriously, with coaches who after they get hurt don't even bother to see them in the hospital, don't even bother to talk to them. The human relationship is so important, and I don't care if you're an athlete, I don't care if you're a musician, you're a performer, I don't care what you do. I think it's about trust, integrity, communication. Recently in our country, we've had two notable people commit suicide, Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. Tragic things. Tragic things for two very, very established people. What does it tell us? What does it say to us? Well, first of all, it says that no one is immune from suicide. No one is immune from depression or stress. No one is immune from mental health issues. And so today on our show, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the mental side, about the emotional side, about the psychological side of people, and why mental health is so important. You know, recently, Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who just recently lost in the NBA Finals to Golden State, talked about the fact that he has panic attacks. He wrote a very extensive article about this. And about why people need help. You know, we talk about athletes being strong. But really, to me, it's about them being strong mentally. It's about being balanced mentally. Having a good perspective in their life. And you know what? We've got problems in our country in the terms of people not recognizing how important mental health is. We have a lot of issues in our country today with the gun shootings and things that go on. And mental health is being talked about more and more. And it needs to be talked about more. And when I address that on this show, and today in studio with me is a good friend of mine. His name is Dr. Rory Murphy. He's a psychiatrist he has been in practice for over 25 years. I've worked with him extensively with a lot of clients and patients. He knows what about this topic, and we're going to discuss it with you, and Rory's going to be joining me here in a moment. But I want to open up our phone lines here. And I want to emphasize, if you have a question, if you're depressed, this doesn't have to do with sports today as much as it has to do with life. If you're depressed, if you're down, if you're stressed, if something is bothering you, I want you to give us a call. You know, I talk about athletes and coaches, but this is about life as much today. In light of what's happened recently with Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade taking their lives, just tragic things. And, and maybe the benefit from what happened to them would be maybe it can save some other people's lives. So I want you to... Give us a call if you have a question. If you're stressed, if you're, if you're not dealing well with things right now, I'd like to hear from you. Our number is 913-3810-810. The suicide rate have, have increased 30% since 1999 in our country. 30%. And it's something we need to address. So, Dr. Roy Murphy, my good friend, thanks for joining me this morning.
0: It's a pleasure to be here, Andy.
1: Glad you got up early to be with us today. This is a topic, obviously, you and I have discussed
0: before. What's going on? Why is this happening? Well, it's a very sad topic, and I think a lot of people are wondering, especially when we see celebrities and people that are basically uh, successful, wealthy, famous, and wondering how could this happen? How could people be in such a state of despair and hopelessness when outwardly it looks like things are so good in their lives? And I think it reminds us that in spite of material success that people can be struggling emotionally uh, to the point of despair and hopelessness and uh, people get in a very dark place sometimes and can't see a way out.
1: You know, when you have a physical injury, you can see it. You, know, you break your arm, you strain a ligament, you, you pull a muscle, you can see it. When you have a mental injury, if we want to look at it that way, you can't see it. It may be expressed in terms of your emotional expressions, but beyond that, you can't
0: tell if you're somebody's depressed
1: internally if they don't let people know.
0: And many people do choose to keep it private and not share with others. One interesting statistic that is relevant to this discussion is that more than half the people that commit suicide in our country have never been diagnosed with a mental illness. And it doesn't mean that they don't have a mental illness. It means that probably they never went to see anyone and talk about it and never received a diagnosis that they might otherwise have received. So it's sort of a silent epidemic, one might say.
1: I've been on the radio now for 27 years in Kansas City, and our show is now being syndicated around the country. And the reason I talk about this is because people need to hear this stuff. People don't like talking about mental health. They don't want to talk about confidence. They don't want people to know I'm, I'm lacking in confidence. You know, I'm not feeling good. And so what I want to do on this show today is see if we can get some calls in here, Rory. I know there are people who listen who are down. They're stressed. And when we talk about sports, of course you and I have discussed this many times over the years, athletes, you know, people think, oh, he's an athlete, he's, or she's, she's an Olympic athlete. Well, they're human beings. And they've got feelings, they've got emotions, and they get down too. You don't have to be the wealthiest person in your, in your city, the most successful person, you're a human being. And so the emotional side is something to talk about. Our phone number here is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you. If you're not feeling well today, if you're down, if, if you're a coach or an athlete, I want to hear from you as well. If there have been a situation where you've been down or depressed, if you have a child who's been ridiculed by a coach before and they're not handling it well, give us a call. 913 810 I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour live from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week. We talk about the psychological side of sports on this show, but today we're expanding it a little bit to talk about psychology in general because of the recent suicides in our country of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, two very notable people who took their lives. And shocked so many people. So many people talked about the fact nobody knew they were depressed, nobody knew they were down. How could this happen? My guest today is Dr. Rory Murphy, a psychiatrist who's been in practice for over 25 years in the Kansas City area, and I've worked together with Rory on many, many clients, and he knows what he's talking about. And, and you know, Rory, when we get into this topic, the issue of suicide, we talk about depression, we talk about stress, we talk about anxiety. And when I open up our phone lines, we'd like to encourage people, if you're down in the dumps, I want you to give us a call. Our number is 913 And it doesn't have to be just with sports. It could be in life in general. But one of the things I noticed specifically with with athletes, a lot of young athletes come into my office, and a lot of them have issues, and they're depressed, and they're down, and they're stressed because of relationships with their coaches or their parents. They're scared. They'll have a coach who's very authoritative or demanding or pushy, and they're scared to say anything or bring it up because they're afraid of what the coach may say to them or they may de- get degraded. I had one young young man, a high school pitcher, a junior high school pitcher. His coach told him, as soon as you walk someone, you're out of the game. And he, he tried to discuss it with the coach. Coach, I, I mean, I'm going to walk people. I'm human. You know what? If you're going to pitch for me, you don't walk people. So he starts a game, walks the first batter on four pitches. He said, Three Of the pitchers were right down grooves, balls right down the middle should have been strikes. The umpire called them balls. The umpire came out, excuse me, the coach came out, said, You're out. Walked a guy, get off the off the mound. He said, Coach, I just pitched to one guy, you're out of the game. He walks off the field. His mom then gets up in the stands, curses out the coach, screaming and yelling, embarrasses this young man as he goes to the bench. He's 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 just distraught, and then. The parents, and he talked, and said, we got to go talk to somebody about this. Terrence. He says, Dr. Jacobs, what am I supposed to do? I said, well, first of all, he's not a very good coach. If he's going to take you out because you walk a guy? He needs some help, okay, because he's got issues, but you got to talk with him. So we've worked on communication issues there, but this young man was pretty down and depressed. wasn't suicidal, but he was depressed. But it can happen, and this is a strapping young man, very successful
0: athlete. He says,
1: I don't know how to handle failure. Is that a big part of this? People don't know how to handle things when they don't go well.
0: Well, certainly with athletes, uh, it's not uncommon for a large part of their self-esteem to be connected to their performance as an athlete. And they're looking for uh, recognition and support for their athletic performance when they have a coach who's very overly critical or even, I guess you could say in some cases, abusive then that is going to have a significant emotional effect on the athlete. It's not surprising at all.
1: Why do you think mental health, Rory, is something we don't talk about? I mean, it's it's becoming more and more discussed in our country now because of the the tragic issues that are going on. But why is mental health not talked about enough? Because I don't think it is. I know on this show I talk about it, and you and I deal with it in our professions. But why are people scared to talk about how they feel?
0: Well, one thing is that when people become depressed, they tend to feel very cut off from others and isolated. And people don't realize that it how common it is, how many other people are suffering in the same way. They think they're the only one that could be feeling so bad, and they don't believe that others will understand them or support them if they share their feelings. But one out of ten people in our country become depressed at some time in their lives and it's it's a dark place to be um, whether it's caused by uh, genetic reasons or by relationship reasons by loss or or stress there are a variety of ways that people can become depressed but it's kind of like a catch twenty two because if people get depressed enough, they begin to experience hopelessness, and they begin to have the idea that nothing could help them.
1: I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Joining me today is psychiatrist Dr. Rory Murphy. We're talking about mental health today on our show, and I want to encourage you if you're depressed, if you're down, if you're suffering, if you're overly stressed. I'd like you to give us a call. Our number is nine one three. Three eight ten eight ten. It doesn't have to be about sports today. It could be about anything. In light of the suicides that have happened in our country lately, that Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, two very successful individuals, which, which shows you you can be the most successful, wealthiest person around, but you can still suffer from depression and stress. Our number once again, nine one three three eight ten eight ten. I'd like to hear from you. Doctor Murphy's an expert dealing with this. It's a great opportunity to talk about it. Everything's confidential. You don't even have to give your real name if you want, if you want to talk about it, but give us a call. Roy, this is an issue that obviously has always been around. It's something people have. I think there's an embarrassment about talking about how they feel emotionally. If you're not together, something's wrong with you. Oh, you got to go talk to a shrink? Oh, obviously you're not strong enough mentally. There's this whole connotation associated with people that have to come talk to us. Something's wrong.
0: That's not necessarily the case agreed? Oh, very much so, and especially in men. Uh, Females in our country are much more likely to seek help for emotional or mental health problems, and the incidence of depression in females in our country is much, much higher, starting at about the age of 10 or 12 all the way up to the age of 65 when we compare it to the incidence in men. And so we see many more women coming in seeking help than men. Men seem to uh, identify themselves more as caretakers or providers and are have more difficulty allowing themselves to seek care and, and be taken care of.
1: I know throughout my career working with teams, sports teams, you know, when I'll go in and start working with the team, when I get hired to work with the team for the season, it's interesting the guys who will talk to me initially and then the guys who don't. Typically, I talk to pretty much everybody. But the, the guys who wait the longest are the guys who try to come across as the tough guys, the hard, hard-nosed hard guys. And in the end, they're the guys I end up spending maybe more time with because they start to recognize, hey, I gotta deal with my feelings too, but I don't want anybody to know what they are because I want people to know I'm strong. But they the, their feelings are just as as normal as anybody else's, but they don't want people to know that. They don't want people to know that they de- they have a confidence issue or or they're down or something like that because then people think they're weak. I think it's healthy to admit that you're suffering from stress, you're depressed. Don't you agree with that?
0: I agree, and and we saw um, a a major league pitcher a few years back who went public with the fact that he suffered from severe social anxiety, and and he was a Cy Young Award winner. And I think the fact that he was able to seek help and get the help he needed uh, helped him to continue to he was going to leave baseball he actually walked out of off his team and went back to florida and uh, the manager and the general manager and the coach had to go down and talk him into coming back to play in the major leagues but that was how difficult it was for him i'm sports psychologist
1: dr andrew jacobs joining me today live in our studios dr rory murphy our phone number is nine one three. Three we'd like you to give us a call we're talking about depression we're talking about suicide we're talking about stress we're talking about feelings you don't have to be an athlete coach a parent of an athlete or coach if you're not feeling good about yourself if you're if you have a son or daughter who's not feeling good about themselves they're stressed they're overly depressed you're not sure what to do give us a call let's see if we can give you some advice our number once again is 913 3810 810 You know, I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports, but we're talking about the mental side of life today, and quite frankly, it's more important than anything else because if you're not dealing with your feelings and emotions, you can be the greatest athlete in the world, you won't be healthy. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, we're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 10 WHB. Hello again, everyone, from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports, but today we're expanding that into the mental side of life. Joining me in our studio today is Dr. Roy Murphy, a psychiatrist in Kansas City, who I've worked with for many, many years. man I respect immensely for his ability to work with people and communicate with people. We're talking about depression in light of the recent suicides of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. Kate Spade being a Kansas City native especially. such tragic losses to two to incredibly talented people, which goes to show you that it doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter how good you are at whatever you do. You are a human being and you have feelings, you have emotions, and people can get down. And Roy, let's, let's talk about depression. And once again, I want to open up our phone lines here. We haven't anybody call in. If you're down, if you're stressed, if you're not sure how to handle depression, you know somebody is depressed, you don't know what to do how to talk to them, how to encourage them to get some help. Our number is 913 3810 913 3810 If you have a son or daughter, if you have a parent, you have a friend who is maybe down or depressed or you think is overly stressed and you don't know what to do or how to help them, give us a call. Let's see if we can give you some advice on that. You know, Roy, depression, no one's immune from it. No one's immune from, from dealing with stress or anxiety. What are some of the symptoms that you see in patients that come and you treat? And how can the average person in an office or on a team or wherever they may be in school, how can you identify somebody who's maybe down? And, and then how do you speak to them about it? Because that's that's one of the stigmas. You see somebody who's down or depressed, but you don't know what to say to them.
0: Right. And many times after we have tragedies uh, like excuse me, what we're think, thinking about this week and talking about, people say, I never would have guessed. I didn't see it coming. Or sometimes people will say, I wish I would have talked to him. I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't know what to say to him or I didn't know what to say to her. And so let's maybe approach the question by starting with saying, what it is not depression? So let's say that... Um, somebody woke up one day in a bad mood and they were just down and they didn't feel like going to work and then they friends called them up that night let's go see a movie and they didn't feel like going out and they just weren't quite themselves they were kind of tired and draggy but it lasted two days and then by the middle of the week they were back to their usual selves that's not depression I mean anybody can have a couple of bad days from in a row from time to time Sometimes we're just like that. Maybe we had a little bug or who knows. But when we're talking about what's called in the medical field major depression, we're talking about a mood disorder that is prolonged for at least a period of two weeks where every day for the majority of the day the person feels sad, depressed, blue, down, whatever you would call it. Um, And you
1: can see a change in their behavior, their disposition as a coworker or a friend or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, many times they might seem slowed down. They might move or talk more slowly than ordinary, and they may be less interested in things. They maybe always like to go golfing, and you say, hey, I'm going golfing Friday afternoon. Why don't you get out of work early and come join me on the back nine? Oh, that sounds like too much trouble. So there's a behavioral change in in how they act. Yes, and there can be changes in appetite. There can be difficulty with sleeping they can be very tired in the day, they can have more difficulty concentrating, and they can be plagued by feelings of irrational or excessive guilt, as well as uh, very dark, morbid thoughts about death, dying, suicide, and so forth.
1: Okay, so you're a coworker, you're a teammate, you're a classmate, you're a friend, and you see this person who you know acting like this over a prolonged period of time, as you said, what do you do? Because people, when it, one of the things I see all the time, and I know when I work with teams a lot of the time, when I'll start, as I said earlier, I'll start working with a team. The first two or three guys or, or, or you know, women that will talk to me, some people say, oh, look at them talking to the shrink over there. What's wrong with them? You know, a lot of people want to talk to me because they just want to talk, get stuff off their chest, have a neutral person to talk to, or they may be down or depressed. But a lot of people are scared to say anything to somebody who's acting differently, because I don't want to get involved. And then something happens, then there's tremendous guilt later. So what do you suggest to those people about how to say something to somebody who's
0: appearing different? Well, I would let them know that you're concerned about them and that you care. One of the things about depression is that people feel isolated and they feel that no one cares and they, their thoughts become irrational and even the friends, family, loved ones, uh, they'll convince themselves that no one really understands or cares it's important for them to know that you do care how do you let them know you care what's what do you think the best way to express that is well I'd say to a friend of mine something like hey I, I've known you for 15 years and this is the first time you ever declined or thought it was too much trouble to go golfing what's what's going on with you I would just I would just point out to them the the actual, symptoms that you're observing and say hey I noticed this what what's going on with you people don't like
1: to talk about feelings in general okay I mean there are some people who do but I think I find in general a lot of people see it as a sign of weakness I personally see it as a sign of strength talking about hey I'm feeling good today or I'm not feeling so good today I think it's important to talk about it and share it especially if you're down I think a lot of people know they're down, right? A lot of people recognize they're not feeling well. Some don't, but a lot of people do. I think it's a healthy thing to go up to a friend or, or a confidant and say, you know, can I just spend a few minutes talking? I don't feel good. You know, I'm having trouble at home with my wife or my son. You know, gosh, I can't stand the coach. He's just a jerk. He's treated me so poorly. I think talking about it and sharing, it's an important thing. But people, there's a stigma I have found over the years that that's not as great today as it used to be. I think people are more open to it, but still, there is a stigma about talking about weakness.
0: Well, yes, and especially amongst men and especially uh, with athletes, uh, they seem to put themselves under such pressure. I had a young man in my office last year that, uh, I mean, you probably hear this more since you uh, focus on uh, athletes, specifically but not exclusively but this this man was a a senior in high school and he came into my office I'd known him for several years and he was talking about that uh, several of his friends were being scouted for uh, maybe being drafted by a major league baseball team and that he wasn't he was a pitcher and he was talking about uh, that he wanted to injure the tendon in his arm severely enough that he would need to have Tommy John surgery that he would deliberately injure that tendon because he had read an article about pitchers in the major leagues that had done that and then turned out to have a better performance afterwards what'd you say to him I was shocked I told him you would go through surgery and he said yeah lots of guys do it I I was just shocked I advised him not to do it of course but did he Not to my knowledge. He went away to college, and I lost track of him.
1: Well, how we deal with stress and depression is different for everybody, but the important thing as we're talking about today is the importance of communication and talking. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. My guest today is Dr. Rory Murphy. We're talking about stress, depression, in light of the recent suicides of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade in our country. No one's called in yet today, but we'd like to hear if you have an issue... If you're down, you're depressed, you have a son or daughter who's depressed or down. You're, they're on a sports team where they've been insulted, or degraded by a coach. Our number is 913 810 If we can help you out with this, give us a call. 913 I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're broadcasting from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week and we talk about the mental side of sports on this show, but today we're talking about the mental side of life. And my guest is Dr. Rory Murphy. He's a psychiatrist in the Kansas City area. We're talking about depression. We're talking about stress in light of the recent suicides of two very notable people, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, and as I've mentioned throughout the show, if you'd like to give us a call, if you're down, if you're depressed, you know someone who is. You don't know what to say to them. You don't know how to encourage them to get some help. Our number is 913 3810 913 3810 If you're a parent, you have a son or daughter you think is depressed, but you don't know what to say to them. You have a friend who is. Maybe, maybe you're on a sports team. Maybe you coach a team. And you can tell one of the kids or the young people on your team seems a little bit down or depressed and you don't know how to address it with them. Give us a call, 913-3810-810. You know, Rory, when we talk about depression, we talk about stress, people with suicidal ideations, we talk about treatments. And, of course, I'm a psychologist, a clinical psychologist. You're a psychiatrist. You do medication therapy and talk therapy. I do talk therapy. And of course, if I have someone that I think needs to be on medication, I will refer them to you. A lot of people have a big, big stigma about taking pills, about taking any type of medication. So let's talk about treating depression. You know, when I when people come in with me, I have a personality evaluation I'll give them. It measures anxiety levels, stress levels, a variety of personality characteristics like self-esteem, self-control, obsessiveness, impulsiveness, and we get a baseline in terms of comparing them to the quote average person about how they rank within some of these areas, and then from that I'll design a game plan to work with them on that. People come in to see you and they get evaluate you'll evaluate them for possible medication therapy. A lot of people don't understand what that's about, so explain a little bit about how you determine if somebody needs to be on medication and why
0: well i I agree with what you said Andy I would say in my experience three-quarters of the people that come walking through my door really are reticent to take medicine or even outright resistant to the idea of medicine this is uh, by far the, uh, the most common thing I encounter and so a lot depends on what's been tried before I mean, if people Have already been to see three to four therapists and they just don't feel like they're making the progress that they need then that might be a person that's ready to try medication for example Um, it also depends upon the severity of the uh, mood disorder that they're experiencing let let, let me interject something there because I know a lot of people ask me
1: how do I know I need to be on something where's the point where I need to be on a medication or where I don't How do you determine, as a psychiatrist, how do you determine that from from a patient who comes in?
0: Well, what the statistics show is that talk therapy and medications are equally effective forms of treatment for depression, and so one thing is that not everybody is a good candidate for talk therapy. For example, if you have someone that's extremely socially phobic, and the idea of coming in and talking and revealing what's going on in their inner world is very threatening and difficult for them. It may form an an obstacle to to talk therapy that it's impossible for them to overcome. They may be a better candidate for medication, for example. Just as one example, or the opposite
1: could be this. You know, the other situation where some people don't want to take medication; they want to talk about it. It just depends on the person, and that's where. Our job is to evaluate, diagnose the the client or patient, and figure out what the symptoms are and then the severity of everything.
0: Yes, and it also depends on practical considerations. For example, if you have a single mother of four children who is um, maybe struggling with financial issues and is overwhelmed with the job and with her parenting responsibilities, and barely has time to do her basic self-care while she's busy taking care of all the children and going to work and so forth, You know, suggesting to her that she come in for an hour once a week for 6 or 12 weeks or something, it may just not be realistic. She may be a better candidate for a medication intervention at that point. And that may be more stressful for her to feel like I have to go talk to somebody every week.
1: Yes, and she just doesn't have the time or the resources to do it. The benefits of medication, Roy, explain explain to our listening audience just just how medication can help.
0: Well, we've come a long way. The first antidepressant was discovered in the 50s by accident in a tuberculosis sanatorium in New York State, and it was called And The pulmonologists treating these tuberculosis patients gave them this medicine, believing at the time that it was an antibiotic that could help cure tuberculosis. But what happened surprised them because in the ensuing weeks, and it takes a number of weeks for these medicines to work, that's still true today, but they noticed that these, many of whom were depressed, suddenly were becoming much more cheerful, active, and interested in life. They even wanted to schedule a Saturday night dance. And so that was really the first discovery in the 50s of an antidepressant. But the The ensuing years in the 60s and 70s, the antidepressants we had in those days had many side effects and safety issues. Now we're in an era where there are many safe and effective antidepressants that are well-tolerated. They mostly work by changing the balance of certain brain chemicals, and that's a gradual process that can take somewhere between one and four weeks for a given dose of medicine for it really to work.
1: And so for many people have to understand that you just don't take a pill, an antidepressant, and then all of a sudden automatically you're fine. It's going to take a little while for your system to adjust to it, for
0: your body to adjust to it, and for you emotionally to adjust to how you're feeling. That's right. And... One of the little tricky things that I've noticed over the years is that if any side effects do come from the use of modern antidepressants, they tend to emerge in the first few days, and then they tend to get better by the end of the first week. But the desired effects, the elevation of mood, the improved energy, motivation, concentration, and feeling of well-being may take a period of weeks. So it's important for people to understand that you just got to hang in there in the first week or so and give it some time. As we wrap things
1: up for today, one of the things that I think think we really need to emphasize to our listening audience is this. Depression, dealing with stress, dealing with anxiety, feelings of suicide are very normal feelings. Everybody at some point in their life is probably going to have a suicidal thought. It doesn't mean they're going to want to act on it.
0: That's right. Every year we see surveys amongst uh, high school students done anonymously that show rates up to seventy five percent of high school kids have thoughts like that sometime in the past year. I know when I was in college I, I had a situation where I, I thought about it. I didn't do
1: it obviously, but I thought about it. I was very depressed about flunking or flunking a class and you know, it, it was scary. But, you know, I worked through it. And I think most people are, are able to work through these things. But I think the important thing, and as we wrap things up today, the importance is talking, expressing yourself. If you have a friend or coworker co-worker or a teammate, you can tell they're down. Take them aside. Spend a little time. Show them you care. Let them know you're worried about them. And encourage them to talk with you or someone else to try to express themselves and deal with things.
0: Well, that's right. And that's the good news that there is hope. people that are depressed are are feeling very hopeless and so it's important for them to understand that there are safe and effective forms of treatment for depression now whether that be talk therapy or the use of medications and and some of the medications are getting better and better. I do research in my clinic two days a week and have helped bring a number of the modern antidepressants to market over the last uh, two decades and we continue to uh, have clinical trials, and develop new and better medications uh, at my clinic and uh, going forward.
1: Given some great advice this morning. Of course, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. We're seeing that number a lot now, and hopefully more people will see it. If people want to get a hold of you,
0: Rory, how can they find you? Well, they can find me in Overland Park, Kansas at and my number is 913 438 8221. The name of my practice is Psychiatric Associates. And your Twitter address is uh, Dr. Underscore Murphy.
1: Okay. Listen, I want to thank you for taking the time to come in this morning. You've given some great advice to our listening audience. Hopefully, some people will take your advice, act on it, and move on from here. Thank you so much, Roar, for being with me. This well, thank morning. you for having me. It's always a pleasure, Andy. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Today we've talked about something maybe more important than sports. We've talked about life. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're podcasted on my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. There are a lot of ways you can reach me. You can find me on my website. Send me an email there at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ sports psych at DRJ, S-P-R-T, P-S-Y-C-H. You can give me a call at my office, which is 816-561-5556. And I think if you take anything away from today's show today, if you have a friend, a coworker, a teammate who's down, talk to them. Encourage them to talk about it, discuss it, help them out. We'll talk to you next week from the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.